When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Audrey, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to another episode of Tobin Tonight. We're here with Audrey. Did I say that correctly? You did. The X is silent, just Audrey. Per- perfect. So t- tell me a little bit about, because I've done a little bit of research. As I tell people, this is like a Tinder date where both parties show up. And if I knew everything about you, I might not be here. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that would be like, if you know what you're getting into on a Tinder date, you're like, man, like, why am I here? Like, I know everything yeah. about you. There's nothing you're going to tell me that I don't already know. So I want to ask you first, you grew up in Northern California, correct? Yep, right in Silicon Valley, Bay Area. Uh, okay, tell me a little bit about that because I'm from Canada and I'm on the Newfoundland side. So I'm on like my own little rock island here. And I'm guessing like you see the commercials for California, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger and them going like, we'll be back. And I'm just they're like, I want to go, but I want to know from someone who's been there, what is it like? Oh, I love California. So yeah, I mean, grew up in the Bay Area. I now spend a lot of time still in the Bay Area and a lot of time in LA. California is great. I was just saying to my friend earlier today, we've had the, in my opinion, best weather of all time this summer. It's high 70s, low 80s, sunny every day, dark at nine o'clock. It's great. Doesn't ever get too cold. It's a pretty nice place. I like California and Silicon Valley in particular. It's a very sort of tech entrepreneurial uh, area. I grew up really close to Stanford University, which is which is fun. I went there as well, but California is great. It's, it's warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like when you said like, you know, we're having the best weather yet. I'm like, can you really have bad weather in California though? I mean, sometimes in the winter, it gets a little cold. I like the summer. I like very warm days. So it gets cold, but it, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, I think we need the rain. We're in a drought. So yeah, yeah. I don't like the rain. It doesn't rain much. I know it should rain more because this drought is not good, but it's nice to be sunny. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, from my understanding of like California, obviously, like I grew up watching a whole like bunch of 90 sitcoms. So it's like watching like when you get older, you realize even if they say they're based in Philly or based in like Chicago, no, it's all pretty much filmed in LA, yep. right? LA or New York. And I remember watching full house where I think it's Jesse is like taking, um, I think the case it's, it's, I believe it's Rebecca, but it's like getting her to go outside for a Christmas episode. And it's like, I hate it. It's just like, I like California, but I hate that you don't have snow. And then he arranges for it to all have snow. And I was just like, as a kid, I'm like, huh, right. You're telling me you don't get snow there, but like, yeah, there's certain parts of the States that's like, they don't know what, what is snow. I'm just like, how, how do you not? <laughs> no, no snow and not much rain. Yeah. <laughs> LA is even hot. LA is like hot. The Bay area is a handful of degrees colder than LA. So sometimes in the summer, I think the Bay area is a little bit better because LA gets really, really hot, but I also love LA and spend a lot of time there as well. Now, in the Bay Area, have you ever gone to see like a Golden State Warriors game? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, oh wow. Yeah. I, I, are you a big NBA fan or is it just because they're in the area you went to see them? I, I haven't gone. I'm more of a I grew up actually watching the Stanford basketball game. So I'm more okay. of a college basketball fan. Um, but I've gone to a couple Warriors games just because friends invited me, which are really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, I, I forget that side of things too, because I know when we have obviously like the March Madness, like we get to see it up here, but like, yeah. you know, I'm not kind of shitting on Canada in this sense, but like I went to say universities up here, but it's like you get fans to go, but it's just not as big as a March Madness. So like when you see yeah. the universities down there for like every sport, I'm like, there's a part of me that wants to be involved in that. But then there's another part of me that's like, what if I'm trying to study and the next minute outside, it's almost like, how are you not at this game? I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm Canadian. I didn't really grow up with all this. Yeah, it is interesting here because, you know, even you grow up 
like as kids, when yeah. I wasn't even at Stanford yet, we went to all the games and had season tickets for years. And even actually when I was six years old, went to, when Stanford was in the final four in Texas, Oh, wow. Went to Texas and saw, uh, saw them play. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's a crazy. Cause it's like, I, I see things I'm like, I'm not a big fan of TikTok, but like, you know, when we get accepted into universities now, I, I don't know how it is elsewhere, but it's like, we don't really make such a big deal of it. You might see a Facebook post where it's like, yeah. I got accepted in this university, not a big deal, but like they go nuts on TikTok of kind of teasing people for what they do. Cause it's like one guy is making fun of girls for it's like, uh, it's like, I got accepted into like, University of Texas, go blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, yeah, okay, like, great. <laughs> it's like, but it's like such a big deal down there. Like when you get someone that says they're going to Michigan State compared to Michigan, and it's like, that's, you can be like best friends for 20 years. All of a sudden it's like, yeah, that, that bitch went to Michigan and I'm going to Michigan State. It's like, uh, okay. It's like, I'm sure once you're done, you're four or five years, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely college rivalries. <laughs> Now, you mentioned that you went to Stanford. I was really actually blown away with this because, again, going into the music side of things, but you have three degrees, I believe, from Stanford. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the three degrees in? An undergrad in computer science, a master's in computer science and MBA. Really? Okay. So how, <laughs> how did the music side come to be? Yeah. So the inter the, surprisingly, all of these were done with the intention of using them towards my music career, which everybody's like, wait, what? How does that make sense? But yeah. basically I was a musician my whole life. So I felt like I had that down. I had my voice teachers. I played all these instruments. I had a band, I had music theory, all that stuff. So I was like, I don't need to get a degree in music. But I felt like for me, I knew since I was three years old that I wanted to be a performer and musician. I, I sort of thought, what do I have that other musicians don't have? Because there's a, millions of talented artists. How do you differentiate? And I felt like actually getting the business side down would be, you know, some skills that I have that potentially set me apart from other musicians. So the yeah. pure computer science programming, I don't really use, I will say. I do love computer science, but my undergrad was focus of computer science was in graphics. I use that all the time. Video edit, I edit my own music videos, you know, Photoshop, photography, all of that kind of stuff, graphic design all the time. I mean, literally with the, with the you know, the last few weeks getting ready for my song release has been so much gr creating graphics and videos. My master's in computer science, I was able to take, I also, and, and undergrad, was able to take a lot of computer music classes. So Stanford has a department called the Center for Computer Research and Music and Acoustics, CARMA for okay. short. And it's basically a, whole professional recording studio on campus. And you can take classes there and learn production and mixing and how to use the studio and miking techniques and even coding your own plugins and things like that. So all of that is super, super relevant. And then the MBA is more the pure business side, but branding and marketing and all of that kind of stuff. So it all, it actually all really ties in. And I use all of those sort of business and, and more yeah. computer type skills all the time, just as much as I use my pure music skills. Yeah. Cause I mean, especially in the world that we live in now, where it's almost like if I'm coming from the standpoint, so I have a communications degree, mm -hmm. but it's like when we were first getting into journalism and the way the world is changing at one point, it used to be, you could have a journalist and a cameraman. And you know, if you're high, if you're in like a, I guess like an NBC or an ABC, like maybe they still do that. But like, if you're just starting off, they want you to be like the cameraman, the editor, all this at once. And I was just yeah. like, like damn like that's a lot of things that you want me to do <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I guess in the world now where it's like yeah it's like we want you to uh, release your music we have people that can do the graphics and stuff for you but it's like i feel more comfortable mm -hmm. if i'm in control of what i'm putting out and I, you, you see that a lot more i was talking about this with a friend the other day when I was younger, you'd go to MySpace, and that's basically <laughs> like <laughs> that's how you get in touch with acts and it, it kind of created a different whole mindset in my mind. I'm like, was the act the one actually responding or was it a social media person? They were like, well, you got to think back then this social media idea or having a PR person was not really there. So if you sent an email to, I'll use the relevant one of like, it just say if Halsey had a MySpace back then, it's probably Halsey replying to you. But now today, if you go to her Instagram and someone's replying, you're like, I, I don't think that's Halsey. I know she uploaded a picture five seconds ago, but I don't think that was her actually doing that. Like, yeah. so like kudos to you for being able to do that because you know, now if you go into these meetings or like people are telling you like, I want to use this graphic for this picture or, and you're just like, 
actually, here's my idea. I like this, where I feel like some artists are yeah. like, I, I don't really like that idea, but I can't really tell them what I want because it's all up here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I think also just, in the, I mean, you, everyone's heard horror stories of, you know, musical artists getting taken advantage of and business wise and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. It's just like, it's valuable to have. It's definitely, I, I like the fact that I have these skills. Yeah, like, I, I mean, the examples that I kind of think of when you mention that is like, you know, Taylor Swift's battle with, of course, like re-releasing stuff. And I'm like, okay, she's winning that one. And then, of course, we have the Free Britney where it's almost yeah. like, are you serious? Like, are you kidding me? You're telling me that somehow this person still has all the control. Like, it's not like she's 16. I mean, at worst, if you did give her the full control of her life and then she just blows her money on stuff, I'm like, I don't think she will because I think she has kids. I think she's well-grounded, but yeah. it just sucks that that is the situation. So, like, if you get it young or you start getting these skills at, like, a younger age or going to university and developing them, it's kind of like you're getting more levels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, of speaking about your new song that was released, I believe it was like Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Tuesday? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, how like how has the feedback been so far for that? And give me a little bit of insight of why the wedding kind of music video. Because when I was doing a little bit of research on the bio, my perception of it from reading it is almost like in your music, the woman is not the victim. It's like they're the ones taking control. And I was exactly. like, okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I never, I all, I'm very much, you know into the theme of women empowerment and very much want to use my music. You know, I've had a lot of various, you know, crazy experiences in my life. And I hope that, you know, I, I am a storyteller and I hope that I can share my stories and hopefully empower other young women to, you know, to feel less alone, you know, with whatever they're going through. So taking back my life is a song I released last Tuesday. The song sort of st tells the story better than I, than I even could, I think here, but engaged for two and a half years. And it was very toxic situation, very difficult. And again, the, listen to the song that'll tell, tell you all the, all the details, but the original wedding date was July 20th. So I thought what better way to Really, and you know, and the the song is not. It is not just about taking back your life just for a wedding. Yeah, yeah. It's about taking back your life in general, but for me specifically, the situation I'm going through right now is taking my life back from the future that I had planned and this wedding that I had planned, and having to heal from the past and forge ahead and create a new future for myself. And so the graphic is what that goes along with the song is me in a wedding dress on fire. And that represents <laughs> me burning yeah, this, the past, the pa burning the past slash burning the future that I had planned. That's the, the theme behind the song. Again, the song is not specific just to weddings. It's I think yeah, yeah, yeah. for it, anyone who's been in a toxic situation and yeah. needs to, heal and it, and i you know found myself in a very broken state after this situation it was very very difficult and traumatic and i felt like the first honestly i felt like the first step in taking back my life was to take back this day by releasing yeah. the song and it, it was nice. a difficult day for me and instead i was able to flip it to make it be a positive and you know there's more healing to be done obviously but i hopefully anybody who's ever had a toxic situation or a difficult breakup or whatever yeah take back your life and and you got to kind of try to come out strong despite the the trauma did you say it was you were engaged for was it two years two and a half years two and a half years i like and i don't mean to put you on the spot so feel free like i'm not that type of interview but just because you mentioned it it's like for so two and a half years it was like a, a toxic relationship like what made you kind of either stick around or finally had the melting point of just going like i'm done here like this is over the wedding was scheduled and then called off and then scheduled and uh, ups and downs and all yeah. sorts of drama that would if you have five hours, of it. Um, no, but I think I got to a point where I was like, this is unhealthy for me. I was having you know, health issues, literally like stomach issues from the stress and wow. living in a constant stressed, you know, panicked state. And, and it wasn't healthy. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, here's, this is like the last deadline, like to either like get married or not. I'm not going to just be engaged for, I'm not going to find myself Five yeah. years from now, still engaged and, you know, more toxicity and, and drama happened. And then that was sort of the 
final straw um, just in the last few months. And then at least the silver lining as an artist is I can, always, I can take difficult experiences and put them into my music. So the only reason I kind of brought that up is because if there are people out there that listen to this like mm -hmm. in real time or later and they could be in those same situations and it's almost like, okay, they're at a crossroads of like, you know, do I stay in this relationship? Do I not? But a lot of artists like, like yourself use real life experiences for those purposes. And sometimes you get like really good music or really good songs out of that because people yeah. can relate to that more than, yeah. you know, someone just coming out and be like, it was a sunny day. Everything's great. It's like, but did you really yeah. feel like it was a sunny day and everything's great? Like, no, but I wrote the lyrics. I thought it was cool. But like you yeah. get a whole fan base that, can relate to i don't know like for when i was growing up pink pink was a big like like <laughs> like i i grew up with like britney spears christina aguilera where it was almost like it's like yeah it's like all the boys want me and i'm just like okay but what if all the boys don't want you where's that artist too and then pink was almost like i don't give a fuck if you want me or not it's like i am pink if you don't like it cool i was like I was like, I don't know if I should be listening to this, but I'm like, oh, I kind of dig it. So I'm going to like, <laughs> and then that, that inspires like a whole nother generation too. Like we have in Canada here, Alanis Morissette, who is kind of like the big deal. So yeah, I, I know it's like, early, like 90s reference there, but at the same point, it's like you didn't see a lot of women in your TV, I guess at first that were like, no, I'm not okay with that. Like I, I can do whatever the fuck I want too. And it's like, oh, okay. Like, don't yeah. mess with her. <laughs> yeah, and I like to kind of try to spin difficult situations into a more empowering message, too. Because, you know, there's also the avenue of I could have written a song of poor me. I'm so sad. Yeah. You know, everyone feels sorry for me. And, you know, which I, of course, I, I feel that at times. <laughs> but I think for me, I'm more interested in trying to inspire people that if they are feeling in that state to be like, you know, try to take back your life. And I don't, you know, the truth is I don't feel like I fully have taken my life back all the way. It's still, as I said, a healing process, but it's sort of like, it's, you know, you know, taking steps to take my life back every day. And my, my song helps me actually stay grounded yeah. in, in what happened, remind myself to stay strong as well. And it's helpful for me. So I hope that it's, I hope it's helpful for other people who may be experiencing similar things. No, absolutely. Now, did you grow up watching like the TV show Friends? You know what? I actually didn't watch it until like over the pandemic. Oh, okay. But I did watch all of it like a year ago and loved it. Yeah, because I was going to mention like not to like be mean about it, but it's like there's an there's like a scene that I always remember where it was like Rachel's mom is like always being attached to Rachel and like one I think it's like a one episode because she wants to like be young again, and then Rachel like totally flips out at her and goes like. Like, you can't do that. And she's like, no, the difference is I didn't marry my Barry. Or like, you're not going to marry your Barry, but I married my Barry. And like, when you were younger, you're like, what the hell does that even mean? But then when you're older, you're like, oh, oh, shit. She's more or less saying like, you didn't marry your mistake, but I, I, it's not, I guess not the mistake, but it's like, I did marry that. So, and I guess it makes sense. Cause in my mind, for some reason, I just thought of like, uh, Ross and Monica's parents. So I was just like, no, that they were, they were fine. They were fine. <laughs> Actually speaking of like the pandemic and mentioning friends, you said you caught up on that. Like what other shows or things did you do during the pandemic to kind of keep you distracted besides like putting yeah. your head in the pillow and be like, Ooh, I know. yeah. I mean, how crazy it's been a year and a half. Thank goodness. It's at least where I am. It's yeah. <laughs> we're pretty I, soon to be out of it seemed to be making progress. I mean, yeah, I will say it was tough as it was on everybody, especially, you know, the music industry obviously is one of the industries that got hit really hard and that, you know, all tours canceled. 2020 was supposed to be a big touring year for me. I actually, the last show I played was March 11th, 2020. I played at House of Blues oh. San Diego and literally the next day, everything got canceled. So that was, that was tough. I tried to stay as productive as I could though, to be honest. And I love live performing. That's my passion. Couldn't do any of that, but you know, shifted focus to trying to focus on social media and doing, I did a lot of zoom co-writing sessions, which you know what I actually really like because yeah. I used to travel all the time to go and work and write with different people in person, which is still great. And I still love, but you know, we found ourselves in this pandemic. And so my managers would set up Zoom writing sessions. And I actually really like them. I feel like they work well. All of the songs I've released in the last year were written on Zoom. Some 
with producers and writers that I've never even met in person. <laughs> but I did a lot of that and it works really well. You know, I have, I'm here in my, my home studio. I have a, a setup. Obviously you, if you don't have a setup, it doesn't really work, but you know, we'd sign on zoom and just write in the same way that you would write. If you're in person, you the only difference being you can't sing at the same time because of latency. Yeah. But you know, when we work on a song and then the producers would send me a track, I'd record my vocals, send it to them and just sort of go back and forth that way. But one of the things that I really liked about it is I feel like in a way you have a little more flexibility with the writing. When you're writing in person, it's okay. Everybody is either, you know, dri driven or flown in. You're at, you know, you're in this room and there's very much a pressure to, I better, we better finish this song and we have it perfect by the end of the day. And that's yeah. on zoom you have a little more flexibility to start something and then, you know, go take a break and come back an hour later, or even, you know, take a song and be like, huh, like we've been working for a couple hours. Like we're a little off. It's not quite sitting right. Let's just pause and come back next week and work on it some more. And actually taking back my life, I started writing, uh, I wrote with Andrew Dixon, who's amazing, loved working with him. And we wrote the song on Zoom and then got vaccinated, pandemic opening up again, went down to LA and then we felt like we needed to redo the verses. So then we brought another writer who helped us and we reworked the verses and then I recorded it all down there in his studio. So that was kind of a fun one. That was sort of a hybrid Zoom slash in-person, but yeah, I like the Zoom sessions. I, I like in person too, but I'm hoping that the Zoom stuff will, that some of it will carry over. So I did a lot of that over the pandemic, yeah. you know, practicing, singing and playing. And I mean, I, I work a lot. I work on music <laughs> kind of constantly. I like the, I like that you mentioned about the Zoom sessions because we've had a number of acts on, even on the Canadian artists that said the same thing. Like they're like, we really enjoyed the Zoom sessions. We didn't know how it was going to work. But I guess there's always like a comfort of being in your own home as well. And like, you know, didn't being able to take breaks, not feeling like, geez, we flew in. Like you said, we're not we flew in. We You feel pressured to get it done because it's a time restraint. But when you're at home, you're kind of like, yeah, it's like I'm just getting something to eat there now. But, yeah, I'll send it over when I get this done or blah, blah, blah. I'll get that where I feel like if you were in like everyone's gathered in Nashville or L.A. And it's like, actually, I'm going out to get something at McDonald's and I'll be back to like who does she think she is like we were trying to write here yeah and and it's also fun because i you can work with people that you wouldn't normally work with so alex reed was my uh co-writer and producer for my previous two songs deep breaths and waste a goodbye and he lives in toronto so i've oh, never nice. met him in person either but yeah. that's another one where it's i probably wouldn't have written with him because i wouldn't have had a reason to fly away to canada but with the with zoom we can work together and it's great it's funny when you like, cause with social media, when you were saying you were trying to get adapted more with social media, like, I feel like that was one where a lot of artists too have said they either felt like pressured to keep with social media. And then some of them were just like, I'm not even with social media. They're like, you know what? It's a pandemic. I'm going to take a much needed break that I need right now. Like I can imagine the bigger names were probably like, this is great for me. I could just take a little bit of a break, maybe upload every once in a while. But imagine if you were just like right on the cusp of breaking out or you were starting to see yourself get up there and then the pandemic hits and you're like, Oh my God, every day I have to put out something. So people realize that, okay, pandemic is here, but it's not stopping me. Yeah. Oh no. That's how I felt. I mean, I did not, I did not take a break at all during the <laughs> pandemic whatsoever. I mean, for me, I was like, here's an opportunity where I feel like a lot of people are taking a break. So how can I use this time to get ahead basically? And I think that's like interesting. Cause there's, again, there's two different sides of it of, people being opportunists and then there's people that are like not that they're not opportunists but they were probably like you know i don't know how this is beneficial like i think if i remember correctly now i, I could have the name uh, yeah okay i it came back to me that time but i was like dua lipa had released an album during covid and people were like are you sure like are you sure you want to do this and she was like yeah why not like maybe it might not be as great selling because people are locked down but it's like people need something so exactly. what, what are you going to do just shut off everything and then people are just going to be more annoyed and more like like when we need you the most you're not around right <laughs> i want to ask you too of course when you said you were like uh into music at a young age i believe i've written it down here and just to confirm, but it was like at age two, I believe you were like interested in learning the violin, violin. Uh huh. Violin, and then you got into the piano, and then you mastered. I think it was like guitar and drums as well. A lot of stuff. Like, like yeah. <laughs> but like, see, at age two, 
I don't even remember what I'm doing at age two, but I'm assuming that it was just basically like trying to learn about life or like figure out who is my parents right now? Like, are you like, what, what's going on? So what made you at two years old be like violin? Cause yeah, people want to learn piano guitar when they're a little bit older, but violin to me just seems like yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say, first of all, my mom used to play violin. So I'm sure probably yeah. there was something there. <laughs> I don't really remember. But what I do remember is uh, I heard when I was two, I heard the four seasons by Vivaldi and I was like, I, I want to play the violin. And my mom said no. And I just badgered her for a full year. And then when I turned three, she was like, fine, to probably just to shut me up and found yeah. a teacher who I worked with for, you know, 20 plus years. I don't take violin lessons anymore. Oh, wow. Worked with her my whole life. And she was amazing. And she was willing to take on a three year old. So my mom would drive me 30 minutes each way twice a week for two 15 minute lessons a week. Cause that was the only attention span I had. I had like a little tent size violin. There are yeah. pictures, there are pictures of me as a tiny little kid. And I, and you know, what's funny is I just wanted to play the four seasons. So I went and tried and was just like trying to play it by, by ear. I wasn't yet at a three years old at the level where I could play the full seasons, but my yeah. teacher made a modified, modified easier version. And so sort of over the years, she would modify it more and more until I, eventually played all the seasons for real and then yeah and then so i started violin when i was three and then when i was four i would just sort of sing in my my preschool my teacher beth would sing and she had the guitar i'd sing and then when i was five i decided i wanted to play piano and then when i was six i started writing i was i was in first grade and i considered this to be my first band we were called the Backstreet Girls, and we would sing Backstreet Boys songs, but also write our own. Like I actually still remember some of these songs that I wrote when I was six. I mean, they're not, yeah. they're not great. And then, yeah, kind of years later, I ended up also playing viola for in a symphony, which was great, and then adding guitar and drums sort of eventually. And I also collected musical instruments from different countries. So I have like 25 different instruments or something. But I mean, basically, I think I just, music was just my passion for from day one. I just loved it. And that's, you know, when you say, what have you been doing for the pandemic? It's like, I just play music, like in my free time, I do other, th other things too. But I, it's just fun. It's what I like last night, you know, Friday night, I was up till, you know, midnight, just singing and practicing. It's just what I like to do. So, yeah, I, I kind of, I think it's funny. Cause when you were mentioning about, um, you know, being the Backstreet Girls, it's like, were you a big Backstreet Boys fan? I'm a big boy band. <laughs> so yes, I love the Backstreet Boys for sure. I still love them. They're great. Yeah. yeah. Cause <laughs> when I, so when I was younger, it was almost like you were getting either teased at school if you're a boy and like the Backstreet Boys, or it's like, you'd have people come up to you. That's like, even if you were a guy and someone else is like, I, I like them too. I was like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then it's like, okay. And then they're like, yeah, but how do you feel about NSYNC? I'm like, oh, great. Like, this is a double-edged road. Because, like, I like NSYNC, too. And they're like, well, you can't like both. I'm like, you can like whatever you want. And I stand by that because if you listen to, like, 2021, what is AJ doing? AJ's teamed up with some of the remaining members of NSYNC. So it's almost like, are we going to get, like, BNSYNC? Or, like, you know, Backstreet NSYNC? Like, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if they come out with, like, tours or concerts and shit or whatever they're doing. But at the same point, I'm like... You tell that to a 90s kid back in the day, if you took a time machine, you're like, these two bands, you, they're going to team up at some point. You're like, really? There's going to be like Nick and Justin? Oh, no, no. Nick and Justin won't be there because they don't want to be. But the rest of those members, they're best friends and they're going to team up and you're just like, oh, go to hell. And you're like, no, no, no. Wait, wait for it. Can you imagine, though, Backstreet Boys in sync tour or something? Yeah. I mean, that would be mind blowing. I feel like there's a generation of 80s and 90s kids that... um maybe more eighties kids, but it's like when it was like new kids on the block BSB and they did a song and I think they were doing tours together. I'm like, okay, as, as a nineties kid, I get the Backstreet Boys. I don't really, I wasn't around for the new kids on the block, but I'm yeah. sure an eighties kid might be the same thing where it's like, yeah, Backstreet Boys are just a mimic of new kids on the block. And I'm like, all right, but apparently they're both teaming up. Like that sounds great to me. Like I'm waiting for a day and it probably won't come until like you're 70. And I don't know how old these people would be, but it's like a whole nineties band like you know when they do like 80s and 70s tours of bands yeah that's what's gonna happen they're gonna have like backstreet boys nsync britney spears 
Ugh. You know, at this point, hopefully free, Christina Aguilera. And you're just going to be like, why couldn't you do this in the 90s? Like, because they were making more money on themselves mm-hmm. like than they do yeah. here. And then you're like, well, is she going to do Genie in a Bottle? It's like, yeah, she will. It's like, well, geez, I really hope that she just sings the song and doesn't do dance moves because I don't want to break her hip at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so yeah. funny. I love the back. Yeah, I, my first, I believe my very first ringtone on my very first cell phone was Larger Than Life. Oh, really? Awesome. I think, like, my first memory of, like, obviously, like, music videos is I would get up to go to school and we would turn on much music. And it was around the 8.15, 8.20 mark. And you're supposed to be in school like 8.30, but my aunt was always late. Mm -hmm. Uh, So shout out to my aunt if she listens. But it's almost like 8.20, they would start showing like the more recent music videos. I think as long as, it's like, as long as you love me or I want it that way. And I was just like, then you'd get the person at the car going beep beep. I'm like, really? It's like the music video just started. I'm going to miss it. And like on sick days from school, they would have on much music, new video alert at like two or three in the afternoon. I'm like, who is this for? Like who's home at two or three going to see this music video? Why don't you premiere it at like six or seven at night? But I feel like it's a lost cause now. Cause if, if you told like a, a, my niece or nephew that's six or seven, like, Hey, like back in our day, we had to wait around for a music video to be like released. And they're like, I'm just going to go to YouTube and see if it's on right now. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, turn it off. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. the same. <laughs> so true. What other interests, like I know you said during the pandemic, you were keeping busy during music, but was there other things outside of music that you were doing? Like, were you active with different sports? Cause I know, come on, it's California. I'm guessing there's a lot of things to do in nice weather. Yeah. So I'm a golf. I, I uh, used to play on the Stanford golf team back, back in the day. So I'm a golfer. I know I don't play competitively anymore, but I do play for fun. So that's obviously a, you know, that's a great, great thing for California is good weather and golf. So, yeah, I mean, I, again, I play a lot, a lot less than I used to back in the day when it was, you know, 20 hours of practice a week, but what else was I doing? I mean, <laughs> I wasn't leaving the house really. I will say I was on the like the extreme end of the real careful about COVID spectrum yeah. just as a singer. Uh, you know, I was like, I'm not risking my lungs getting damaged from COVID. Also, I mentioned my kind of like stomach health issues. Yeah, yeah. My grandma, I was, I spent a lot of a good chunk of COVID just with my family and my grandma's 92. So my whole family was strict lockdown. I was <laughs> not going anywhere. Well, I split time also between um, in, uh, in Tahoe as well um, in Nevada. So okay. I was kind of split. I was able to go between the Bay Area and Tahoe, cause it's just a drive. So I wasn't flying anywhere, but I was able to, you know, drive and knock out of the car or anything until I get there. So was able to do some of that. And, you know, Tahoe is beautiful. It's, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's, it's a beach, beach lake in the summer and skiing in the winter. So okay. I also did, did a lot of skiing in the winter, which was really fun. Cause that was one of the kind of few COVID safe things you could do in the winter. You know, you're on the ski stoles, everybody's in like full, you know, ski gear, mask, helmet, everything. It's all outside. There's wind. So you're not getting COVID on the ski slope. So did a lot of the skiing as well, which is really fun. So I do get, I don't get snow in California, but I do get it in, in the Well, yeah, like you, you, you get to experience it. I guess my uh, a question just because like I'm big on Christmas and like up here, Christmas, of course you get snow. So like, growing with i guess you have christmas with california but like have you ever experienced a christmas with snow or like we're like when you see movies obviously like when they have hallmark movies and shit on and it's like yeah you see the snow do you almost feel like at christmas time where it's like i'd like to experience that you know what i've never other than i spent christmas in the uk one year but besides that i've spent christmas at in california with my family every single year so i've never experienced a snowy christmas but i have since moving to Tahoe around before or after Christmas, I experienced it just not on Christmas day. I know it's like, it's, it's kind of weird to mention because it's like, it's a summer, summer vibe here, but it's like, do you guys put up Christmas trees? Like how do you celebrate Christmas? Oh yeah. I love Christmas. Oh, okay. I was going yeah. to say, I was gonna say like, it seems like such a, like a wintry tradition to put up a Christmas tree, but I guess I was figuring like, Oh, they're going to put up like a pine tree or like, <laughs> Oh no, we do Christmas. I, my family's not religious, so we don't, we celebrate it. Not, not in a religious sense, but we yeah. love Christmas. So yeah, we do a We do a Christmas tree and we all decorate with, we have a ton of ornaments, ton, ton of ornaments. My, my brother and my dad are always like, 
why do we put so many ornaments on the tree? And my mom and I are like, no, because it's so fun. So <laughs> we do all of that. And we don't really have any real specific traditions, I guess. But yeah, we celebrate Christmas, just presents. And yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, like feel like some families, if they're like really religious, have you know traditions and stuff then there's other ones that like you just keep traditions going for like because i know i i like to think we have traditions but it's like almost like you know we have the stockings you have maybe christmas eve yeah like the christmas eve yeah i don't know we don't it's not that crazy or anything that we do it's literally just like we have like uh another family family friends that we'll often do like christmas eve dinner with and then we'll just open stockings open presents on christmas morning and then we always run run our dogs. I have three collie dogs, so I've always had collies. So that's sort of a part of our Christmas Day tradition is after we <laughs> after we open presents and eat, we run the dogs outside and play with the dogs. And then that's kind of it. That's kind of it, I guess. It's not that yeah, not that yeah. not that it's it's, it's something, but it's not like an overly crazy tradition. No, no, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I like how you mentioned though, of course, like going, uh, getting, I guess a little bit of the winter aspect, but like I noticed on your Instagram, cause when you were talking about skiing, like there are a few pictures that I'm kind of like, how is she not getting frostbitten? Like literally just in like in a bikini there just, and I've seen, and I've seen people do it, but at the same point, I'm just like, how do they not come back? And they're like, you were white when you went out, you are now blue. <laughs> uh, that was spring yeah that's that's spring skiing spring yeah oh okay is warmer yeah in the in the like heart of winter i think it'd be too it'd be too cold tahoe doesn't get too bad i will say like we've had a, i don't know it's not it's i feel like there are other places like utah that are a little cold i mean you get it gets cold sometimes as you go way up in the mountain but spring skiing especially it can get it can get really hot i actually felt quite hot a couple of the skiing days because you did have to wear a mask Wearing okay. a mask yeah. while you're skiing in the in the spring can be can get hot. So I was actually fine in the bikini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because I, I like again, like just seeing like you don't get the context. You just see the picture. And <laughs> I've seen like I've seen people that I've gone to school with. And then they and I'm just like, where in Canada are you going? That's not like, yeah, I'm not saying that we always have cold weather, but you're like, mm-hmm. come on. So yeah, to me, when I seen it, I was just like, who does this? <laughs> yeah, that was like in the literal, literally the final week before ski season ended. So oh, okay. warmest time of the year for skiing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to each yeah. their own. I want to ask too, because of course, when you're mentioning about, you know, getting involved in all these instruments when you were younger, what made you then decide to go into getting the guitar and drums? Because to me, like I've always liked the idea of playing an instrument. Now I wasn't writing songs at six, maybe at like 12 or 14 where I was like, Oh, well now I'm actually starting to feel different experiences. Mm-hmm. But uh, I made the joke of, I could write a song, but I'd never be able to play it. And they're like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to do some slam poetry. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like what made you design or like get into these different other instruments? Cause uh, was it just like, you seen someone else pick one up one day and you're like, you know what? I'd like to learn that. Or again, mm-hmm. coming with the, I guess the tech savviness of, you know, I want to be able to do it all. Was that your approach? <laughs> yeah, I think probably both in a way. I mean, number one, I just, I love instruments. So I kind of want to be able to play everything. <laughs> and I think, you know, guitar, I would say probably for guitar, it was more of a, and I'm, I'm like a, definitely a far better pianist than I am mm. guitarist. Cause I've played for, like, I love the piano. I play it every day and whatever, but the guitar, I think I felt like it was, I felt like I should know how to play the guitar as a, singer so that's sort of where the, and so I had a guitar for a number of years that I sort of like self-taught a bit and then at Stanford took some guitar lessons as well to just improve so that was good guitar drums was interesting drums I hadn't ever really thought of playing drums but during probably my I don't know sophomore or junior year at Stanford they got a they brought in a drum teacher Aretha Franklin's drummer okay. he's draw, his name's David Rokich he's amazing to teach drum lessons and I think my my brother actually was the somehow was interested and then I was like wait I don't know anything about the drums and also as a person that I'm I don't consider myself a professional producer by any means but I do some production but I felt like yeah. I didn't really know I had the sort of melodic instruments down but I had no background in drums or sort of rhythm stuff and so I thought this would be so cool and I had as a young person had you know I'd come upon a drum kit here and there and I'd hit it but I did not know anything and so I was thrilled when I saw that Stanford had drum 
lessons, I thought this is the coolest thing. So it's just started taking drum lessons, not, not ever thinking that, oh, I'm going to now be a drummer, but yeah. I thought it'd be fun to learn and, and something that potentially could be interesting to add in the future for who knows if you're on tour, maybe you sit down and drum for one of your songs. I don't know. I thought it could be kind of fun. I honestly, I just thought it, I thought it'd be fun and it was, and I really, I love the drums. It's, it's yeah. great. It's a bomb. Have you ever like, I guess it's, a, it's kind of an interesting concept. Now I don't know if he was the creator of it, but I'll give him credit for it. And I might butcher the name or, or I could say it wrong, but it's like when you watch like an Ed Sheeran play and the amount of stuff that he plays, and oh, then he wow. does the whole, like, I think it's like the loop pedal or whatever it is. Yeah. And then like, you see him, like, you see him do like one bit of stuff and then you're like, okay, like, I get it. You can play the guitar. Okay. I get it. You can do this. And then when he pieces it all together and then I'm just like, man, like how long does that take you to master? And then number two, where, where do you just come up with that? Of like, I'm going to learn to do yeah. this. Cause I think I've seen him do, I think it was like shape of you. Now I, I haven't kept up with a lot of social media stuff, so I'm sure there's other ones that he's put out, but like, yeah. I just watched him do the loop pedal part. Then, put in the vocals and all this in real time. Right. And I was just like, yeah. that's crazy. I feel He's like if you're working with Ed Sheeran, it's almost like I'll produce your song for you. It's like, no, no, no. I will produce my song for me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, good. Ed, fine. <laughs> have you ever thought of that though? Like ever taking up another thing of like the loop pedal? <laughs> I have a, I mean, I have a pedal for my electric violin. So, I mean, I I've played with it. So I'm not to Ed Sheeran's level, yeah. that, but yeah, you know what? Maybe that's maybe that's my next thing to master. That's that's the next yeah. project to keep you like yeah. you know busy. But I love to see it where you're just like even even if you like because obviously we're in a world now where social media can be both beneficial and a downfall depending on like who interacts with you. But I would just love to see it if you were like, all right, all you people know how Ed Sheeran does the loop pedals. Like here's my attempts, and then like your first few maybe year of doing it. People are like, man, it's like, that's not great. But then like after a year of doing it, you're like, here's where I started. Here's what I'm to now. And then you're just like, okay, like, great. Because there are some that it's weird on social media that people won't really post their lows. And I get it, but it's almost at the same point where there's a like a younger generation, younger than myself, that yeah. they they just like soak into social media like a sponge. So if you, if but they don't understand that there are people that have lows. It's like yeah. if you see everyone's high. Like just say for yourself, if you're coming out and telling me, this is how many streams my song got today. Awesome. And then like four, like four weeks later, it's like, check out my new album. Awesome. It's like, you don't know in that like four week span, if there was some bad things that happened that she's just not posting, but all you're seeing is highs. So obviously you're thinking is like, Jesus, all she does is hit it out of the park. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, like not everyone hits it out of the park, but we're, there's yeah. a generation out there of social media where it's like, I, I don't see any lows. So I feel like all they're doing is win, win, win. I definitely have lows too. <laughs> Don't usually post it on social media, but Oh, I my my goal is just so that if there are people out there that feel that way because I felt that way when I see friends from high school and then all you might see a post every few months, but all it is is wins. Like it's like got a new house. It's like getting married and I'm like, "Okay, but what happened in those 3 months?" Like not that I'm encouraging bad behavior, but yeah. it's like why didn't you post something for like 3 yeah. months? So I basically do the anti thing of like it's like, here's an interview I did where my mic dropped or it's like, I lost my mic. So here, here's to show other podcasters or other people out there, like things happen, yeah, roll I, with it. I, yeah. I mean, in a, in a sort of different way, I sort of feel like my, my recent song was a little bit of that where it's like, Hey, yeah. like, my wedding is not happening. Like, here, yeah. world, here's, you know? here's, here's something that was bad, but I'm going to turn it into a positive. Yeah. 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 I want to ask you, like who are some acts or musicians that you grew up listening to or inspired you to get into music? Cause mm -hmm. I know everyone, depending on their career path, they take, whether you're like a late night host, a comedian, you had to have somebody in your life that you're like, you know what? I want to do that someday. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I think I've been someone who really have, I have a very wide range of musical interests. And so on the one hand, there's Antonio Vivaldi for violin, yeah. right? And then on the other hand, Backstreet Boys. As I said, I love, I, I mean, Backstreet Boys. Put them together. <laughs> but they were probably the first, you know, pop act. That's where I fell in love with pop music was the Backstreet Boys. Because I, I love a super catchy, upbeat pop song with a like really, really catchy chorus that you just jump up and down and dance. Oh, to. yeah. That's what I, that is what I love. So I, 
I will credit the Backstreet Boys for being the first ones to get me to fall in love with pop music. But I, you know, I also really like ABBA, for example. Like, I'm definitely a big, big fan of their style of music. And I also listen to country music. And so it's just a, a really, you know, and I also love musical theater. So I would say the Backstreet Boys were, Vivaldi was the first music at all. The Backstreet yeah, yeah. Boys were the first pop. But then I just, growing up, I listened to all sorts of, you know, Britney Spears as well. And all of the, and then obviously eventually Taylor Swift. And, and nowadays it's Dua Lipa and Ava Max and some of these other artists. So I just think that I'm someone that I just love music. So I just listen to a lot of music in a wide range kind of throughout my whole life. Yeah. Like I like how you mentioned, of course, like the, the Backstreet Boys, all these different acts that you grew up with. And like you said, Ava Max was the one that uh, I feel like, she's to me she's going to be on the rise i feel like she's going to be like a, a next breakout star but i found that even when her like when her instagram ads come up it's like geez you you kind of have to love or hate your audience at points because if you're already on the rise and people know you it's like most times there's like no comments or the comments are very positive i looked at a few of ava max's ones and like sweep at psycho was fine uh kings and queens but there's another one where it's like, I'm not your Barbie girl. And like, you read the comments, it's like, oh, this is a ripoff from like Aqua, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, like maybe I'm not a fan of that song either, but yeah. I don't know why that, why did you leave that there? <laughs> like, do you find on your videos, like, I guess most of the time it's positive because there are people that follow you, but have you ever had like a weird comment that you're like, what, who is this for? <laughs> I had a very weird experience. Yeah, interest. Shockingly, I mostly get nice people, which I'm happy yeah. about. I'm I'm sure as the numbers yeah. grow, that will change because people like to be mean. But the yeah. most bizarre experience I had a number of years, many years ago, I released an EP called Colors, and there was this like I knew someone that was part of this like exercise equipment company that basically they had this open month of. Uh, just basically if I wanted to put, have my music featured on exercise equipment, I could yeah. for free. And I was like, cool, this is awesome. So I randomly get this opportunity and, and it was, you know, I have all these pictures of my, my EP artwork on uh, exercise equipment in various, various gyms, 24 hour fitness and gold's gym. Yeah. Anyways. And so I first, this guy like tweets, uh, his name was Tanner. I remember it. I get this tweet from this guy, Tanner, who like posts a picture. He's like, this is awesome. How, like what fun advertising. And I'm like, oh, hey, thanks. Like, appreciate, like, thank you for the picture. This is awesome. I haven't even seen it. So, and then somehow the artist that took over for the next month didn't, somehow didn't provide artwork for like the homepage or something. So all yeah. of my stuff went away, but it was still my face blowing sequins on the home screen, this exercise equipment. And somehow that just ended up staying there for a number of months. <laughs> so this guy then eventually is really mad at having to see my face on his exercise equipment. So then he starts tweeting all this like mean stuff about how he like, this is horrible that I used to see my face on the exercise equipment all the time and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I was like, I was like, I'm really sorry. It actually was only supposed to be a month. Like, can yeah. I send you a free CD? And then he, yeah, he was, but that was probably the weirdest experience where it's like, went from like, this is so great to like, get off my exercise equipment. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like it's, it's nice that it's here and like, you know, it's great for this one time, but now it's all the time. Like, no, it's like, uh, I look at it from the standpoint of like, if you buy a, like a seven up or a Mountain Dew and like for the month they're advertising, just say like, now I like the guy, but just say they advertise like John Oliver. And it's like the, the bottle has changed color just because it's John Oliver month or whatever. And you're like, okay, cool. And then like a year later, you're, you're like, really? It's like, can you not anymore? Like it was great for the first, it was great for a time being. It's like, I grew up with like, blue pepsi and red mountain dew and i was like that's great but then they had the whole contest with mountain dew and then i was like oh they're gonna bring back code red they don't bring back code red but then like months later it's like remember all those other ones that you didn't vote for you know there's a lot of people that like them so we're gonna put them out anyway okay. i'm just like that's that's great but there were still people like no we had the contest that lost why are you bringing them all back i'm like Maybe because people liked them. It's like an, it's like American Got Talent or um, uh, American Idol. It's like the winners don't always do well, but yet you have like runner ups or people that are out in like round 
top 10 and they go farther mm-hmm. it's like what, the examples yeah. i i don't know if these people won but it's like the examples i give is like daughtry carrie mm-hmm. underwood kelly clarkson i'm just like okay some of those are winners but some of those yeah. didn't win and yet you wouldn't be able to tell the difference because they're all in music yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i, I want to ask that too to you because you know to gain exposure for your uh, music side or like your music career have you ever kind of even thought of that of like going on like an america's got talent or anything like i know you already have that but it's almost like geez as a pr point of view you'd be like well maybe this could give me a little bit more exposure but I guess the yeah. downfall is if Simon or something's like, I don't get it. I don't know why you're here. You're like, oh, my God. It's like, I am a professional singer. Yeah, I actually I have thought of it. I haven't I haven't thought a lot about it or put a whole lot of time into it. But I I have I've pondered and have yeah, yeah. pursued. Yes. Yeah. But it's, I, it's I, I, an interesting it's not, possibility. Yeah, yeah like cause it's the double edged sword where it's almost like if you don't do well, it's almost like how did they how do I tell yeah. them that I'm already a singer? But then it's social media where people will probably be like, I knew that show was kind of stupid because she already is a singer and you're telling her that she's not a singer. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll look into it. We'll see. Oh yeah. You can be like, I, you can be like when they actually show you on the TV, it's like, I was on this Newfoundland podcast in Canada and this guy challenged me to do this. So that's when I'm here. So at least then you have an out. You have an oh, out. You're like, out. Yeah. yeah, like you're like if I, if at least if I don't advance, I can just be like, listen, buddy, challenged me. I already know that I'm talented. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, it's a plan. I love it. That's gonna do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Audrey for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C, as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional. Learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health. Remember, your doctor works for you. Learn biohacks, neurohacks, ways to improve sleep, and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain App, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.